The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Thursday, October 8, 2020. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me, and I guess scheduling news is the only stuff that really matters in college basketball right now. Norlander had a good one earlier this week. Gonzaga and Iowa have agreed to play December 19th in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's the Number one team in the top 25 and one against the number five team in the top 25 and one. It's national player of the year favorite Luca Garza against Mark Fusag. So that's another nice non-league game added to the schedule. Norlander, mm-hmm. how did it, how did it come together? Tell us, please. Oh, I, I, I certainly can. Um, this is a big one, though, GP. Uh, the fact that Iowa would do this once I broke the news on Tuesday night, I believe I'm losing track of my days, but I. Uh, yeah, we were doing the other podcast, and actually when that happened, take you behind the scenes there, uh, I heard from plenty of Iowa fans that were like almost a shock to their senses that Fran McCaffrey would opt to schedule this kind of game. They were going to play, Iowa was, Oregon State on December 22nd at the Pentagon in Sioux Falls, so they wanted to basically fill a game once the Pac-12 stuff went through all it went through. like Those games kind of fell through by the wayside for the most part um, with, uh, with power conference teams. Uh, Mark Few is just scheduling like a madman. We can get to that in a, in a couple minutes here. Um, but he wanted another really, really good opponent um, there on a neutral court. I think there were initial discussions about, well, if us, if us as Gonzaga come, if we come and play you in South Dakota, is that close enough to Iowa where um, if you'd want to return and maybe play in Seattle? But uh, but that is is not happening as far as I know there. But um, I was also told this wasn't in the story, but frankly, this stuff uh, I think also has relevance there. Um the Sioux Falls Pentagon is going to have what was formerly the Battle for Atlantis, and now there's a weird name for it. I can't tell you off the top of my head, but there's the name they they came up with is not as good as like the uh, the scuffle for South Dakota, which is what I wanted. Um, but the reason why this this place is getting these games and has gotten them in the past is um, you got to pay schools money to go and play there. So I had multiple sources tell me that uh, Iowa and Gonzaga are both going to get paid six figures to play this game, and so why wouldn't you? Basically, I mean, it's a great scheduling opportunity for both of them. Uh, this will be December 19th uh, in Sioux Falls, and that means that Gonzaga, which was going to play Texas Tech on the same day in Phoenix, that game is going to get bumped a year, but you have a great game. You're going to get paid six figures. That can help your athletic department in a number of ways, if not help Gonzaga with two or three buy games that it probably still wants to have on its schedule. Remember, WCC team, they only have a 16-game conference schedule, so they have more non-conference games to fill than most other teams that are going to be in 18- and 20-game schedules this season, GP. And then most of all, to me, it's not just the top five, two top five teams uh, per your rankings. It's also 
the priest, like Luca Garza is going to be every out. I'm imagining. I mean, if you don't have Luca Garza as your preseason national player of the year, I think the only player you could conceivably give it to is Oklahoma State's Caden Cunningham. But I think that would be premature based on what Garza did. He's a reigning first team consensus All America player. So you have him going up against the preseason number one team. That's awesome. Plus, Corey Kisper could be a preseason first teamer as well. Um, and sort of a, a, a theme that is developing over the past few weeks, maybe even longer than that, is that you're seeing teams that are expecting to be good aggressively schedule, whether it's Gonzaga adding Iowa or Iowa adding Gonzaga. Baylor scheduling aggressively. That's the team I have number two in the top 25 and one. I'll be honest. It makes sense from my perspective if you're Gonzaga because like they're going to roll through the WCC. I mean, they, they might lose a game here or there, but they might not. I mean, they, they could reasonably sure. expect to maybe go undefeated in their league. So loading up with top-shelf opponents in the non-league portion of their reduced schedule, like why wouldn't you if you're Mark Few? Um, I wonder if Scott Drew, Fan McCaffrey might look back and go, okay, what, what do we do? Because they are going to be going into ridiculously tough leagues at Iowa, the Big Ten, Baylor, the Big 12. Do you think there's a, a scenario where it's, I don't know, middle of January and Scott Drew's like, hold up, now I'm on the bubble? I mean, I don't expect that. But, like, they, they really don't leave themselves very much room the Els could stack up, even if they're good teams, because they are putting themselves in some really difficult situations. I, I agree with you, and certainly Mark Few is approaching this from a different vantage point. There's no doubt right. about it. He's had a team in years past that's been preseason top five, preseason top ten. Scott Drew at Baylor, that's not the case. Fran McCaffrey at Iowa, that's not the case. And Iowa's not loading up quite as heavily as Baylor. Uh, but still, to to agree to do this game, again, is a, is a big-time deal for that program. I also got, like, it's so funny, like, when... When that when I broke that news, uh, heard from just like a few Northern Iowa fans, like Fran won't schedule us, but he'll schedule Gonzaga. It's just like, yeah, but there's a. Can you understand why? Like the very obvious reason. You and I, if you're like banking on something, there's still a possibility that if the pandemic still goes sideways, that Iowa and Northern Iowa maybe might need a game out of pure convenience at the last minute. So you might get your chance there anyway. To your point, Parish. What I mentioned in a column that I had go up on Thursday where I kind of laid out, all right, look at Gonzaga and, and, and Baylor. GP's got him one and two in his preseason top 25 and one. And I would, I would, I don't, I would have Villanova one, but I, re, I would agree with you that they are top three, top four teams, undoubtedly. The fact that they're not in that position every single season, especially Baylor, and they have decided to just lean in on stacking the non-conference schedule is wonderful for college basketball, but I also think that this is schedule insurance. So what I mean by that is Scott Drew and Mark Few are aligning their teams with these games so that in the event, just in case they get one or two cancellations against a quality team, they still have more to rely on so that if we get down the road in March when we're trying to figure out how we're going to field whatever kind of tournament we're going to have – if Baylor has played 24 games and Gonzaga has played 22 out of an intended 27, they will ideally have, of course, wins with these games, but they'll have perhaps more heft in their non-conference schedule to allow them a resume that might stack up better than other teams in similar positions that might have lost games just like they did one or two or three 
but they didn't have as many really, really good opponents on their schedule. I think that's what they're planning for in part. Plus, they're just going to lean in on it, and I just love that too. They're not the only coaches who are going to do it. I think Kansas will have a very, very good non-conference schedule again. Kansas almost always has one of the best non-conference schedules in college basketball, but I don't think that's going to be the case with all top 10 teams, and I just think it's a great thing that in this year, weird season, Gonzaga-Baylor maybe one and two, they are going to be the teams that try and schedule as ambitiously as anyone else in the power conference or top 10, top 25, however you want to define it. I love it as well. I just think it is very different for Gonzaga to do it and for Baylor to do it. Because the truth is, Gonzaga cannot build a one-seed resume in its league. Right. Those games don't exist. You have to you have to schedule aggressively in the non-league because if you're going to get the type of wins that allow you to present the resume to the selection committee that says we should be a one-seed, for Gonzaga, that's got to happen outside of the WCC for Baylor. You can, you can build a one C resume inside the big 12. You absolutely can. If you do your work in the big 12. So they are Baylor, I think is just complicating. And I, again, I'm glad they're doing it. Shouts to Terry Teague. He's a legend. I, they are making a complicated situation, more complicated. Whereas Gonzaga, you know, however many non-league games they play. So you 16 WCC games. So in theory, what do they get? 11 non-league yes. games? Yeah. Okay. Even if they struggle in the non-league schedule, then they just go run through the WCC and they still, you know, they, they've got a nice record and a nice resume. With Baylor, there's a scenario where you get you, you take some punches in the non-league and then you take punches in the Big 12 because nobody's immune to that. And it, it could just, it could turn into something you don't want it to turn into. That's So when I say that, I say that the, the point I'd make is if I mark, few I absolutely do what Mark Few is doing if I'm Scott Drew I don't know that I do what Scott Drew is doing but I'm glad that he is and another byproduct of this like listen we would all like to have a normal season with a, a sold out Cameron Indoor and a sold out Allen Fieldhouse and a sold out Rupp Arena we're not going to have that we would all love to have you know 34 games before selection Sunday um, as opposed to 30, which is what it, it could end up being for some schools. But by decreasing the schedule, it feels like most schools are cutting down on buy games and trying to keep their bigger games. And what the byproduct of that is, there's, there is fewer games, but there's going to be fewer bad games. Like that's a big problem with college basketball is that the majority of great teams, non-league schedule is trash. It's just trash game after trash game after trash game. And this pandemic has eliminated a lot of those games. So we won't have to watch them or pay attention to them. And I actually think that's a good thing. I don't need, I understand why Louisville and Kentucky and uh, Kansas and UCLA play all the buy games that they play. I understand the, the reasoning. I just don't care to like, I don't need to be a part of yeah. it. I'm, and so the idea that we don't need, we won't have as many of those to me, I think that's a weird, good thing coming out of this very bad situation. I agree with you. I mentioned that in my column from Thursday, um, that we are likely to see 
I think we gotta still figure out how the schedule is gonna come together. Like the ESPN stuff is just moving all around. Um, and in terms of wh- who's gonna be in what events and how that's gonna come together, and all sorts of stuff all over the country. But the ESPN stuff in particular has a lot of preseason top twenty-five level teams that have agreed to play in those events, and some are in flux. But what I expect to happen, be it out of Orlando, up here in my state, Mohegan, uh, Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, um, Nebraska is gonna host a a, a, a tournament, not a tournament, but a multi-team event uh, with a lot of options, scheduling options for a lot of teams. There'll be at least eight teams in that and there could be as many as 16 they're there you'll have schools hosting their own deals Vegas we'll see what can happen there we are probably gonna have a situation where if the season can start on November 25 from that point until I'm thinking December 4 maybe December 5 GP we'll probably have at least one game between ranked teams and if it's not between ranked teams it's going to be a situation like to another game that I broke earlier this week. Uh, Virginia and Florida have now pivoted out of their previous Florida-based events and agreed to play each other at Mohegan Sun. They're also going to get some by-game levels in there. Uh, Florida's not a top 25 team per year rankings at this moment, but it's still a notable game. Florida's got NBA talent, should be a tournament team, top 30 level kind of team. So even if it's not a true ranked matchup, we're going to get stuff like that. Virginia versus Florida would certainly apply there. I want to remind listeners of what specifically we're talking about here with Gonzaga and Baylor, though. They both want to pick up multiple games in Orlando, and we'll see what they get there. Um, for Gonzaga, they're going to definitely play in the Jimmy V against Tennessee on December 2nd. Before that, I'm told they're going to, whatever event they're in, they're, they were in the Orlando class, Invitational. That's still changing. Like the teams that are in and not, that's still very to be determined. Michigan State uh, is in that field, but like Xavier's out of that field. St. Louis, I've been told, is out of that field. But I've been told that because the Texas Tech game got postpone this year they still want to play each other so I think Texas Tech is going to go to Orlando and be in the same event as Gonzaga so the the stuff that we don't even know for sure yet Gonzaga could still load up even more then they've got Baylor December 5 in Indianapolis and then they've got number 5 Iowa and South Dakota for Baylor they're going to start with Arizona State on the opening night of the season November 25 in Mohegan Sun if they win that game and Villanova wins their game the next night You'll get Baylor versus Villanova. That's the number. It could be the number two team versus the number three team. It's just, it's incredible. Then they're going to go at Seton Hall. Not as good as they were last year, but still, it's a road game at Seton Hall, November 29. And then they're also in the Jimmy V on the opposite side of Gonzaga. I have been told that Illinois is the favorite there. We'll see if that comes to be or not. But if it is, that's the number six team in GP's top 25 and one for Baylor. And then they're going to play number one Gonzaga, obviously, on December 5th in Indianapolis. I just think we've got a real good possibility that teams that occupy the top 10 in the first three, two weeks of the season, three weeks of the season, we might have like six or seven games. It's just a, it is a potentially great byproduct, an upshot of this still uncertain college basketball non-conference season that this stuff is all aligning. We just got to get there. We got to get the games in. But uh, but to me, Gonzaga and Baylor have led the charge, and then other teams are going to kind of uh, fill out the schedule, if you will. And we've got a lot a lot of good to look forward to uh, between now and November twenty five. The other thing we've learned from all of this, and we also have learned it in football, is that it doesn't take long to put a game together. Like well, like yeah. so often in college football and college basketball and especially in college football, games are scheduled so far in advance. In college football, it's like six in six years. Notre Dame will play Texas. Like what? Six what years? How about sixteen? Like yeah, it's insane. <laughs> so you know now we're watching in college football a team get can't get, gets a game postponed because the uh, their opponent has a COVID outbreak and they they've got another game lined up in two hours. So and obviously it had been talked through 
in advance of that. But like we hear this team's game has been postponed. They've replaced that team with this team. It's like, it happens very quickly, relatively speaking in college basketball. It is like the season's supposed to start next month. And this month teams are scheduling games. So what I would hope this could maybe lead to is, Hey, let's, we don't have to have our schedules done in, a year in advance or six months in advance. Why don't we leave a spot or two open every year, maybe even more than that. Let's see where we're at. Let's see where other teams are at. And maybe if we want to add a big game, let's not just add a big name if that team's not going to be good. Like, hey, I'm Gonzaga. I'm going to be really good. I'm in everybody's top five. Baylor is going to be really good. They're in everybody's top five. Once we establish this is who we are and we've seen the right, okay, hey, why don't I got a spot? You got a spot. Let's try to play each other. Like, I like the idea that we're watching these things come together so late in the calendar, but still early enough to make them happen. I don't understand why we can't do this going forward where schools leave spots open and then schedule in a way that creates interesting matchups in November and December annually because those are months where you are completely overshadowed by football and I'm not pretending even the best basketball matchup like will will make a dent in any sort of college football or NFL rate it will not but it is a way to elevate the sport to some degree and if waiting to schedule games until you know who else is going to be awesome on paper. Um, If waiting to schedule those games uh, leads to these better matchups, then I'm all for it, even outside of a pandemic. I am too. Uh, I'll wrap with this. uh, Since we're talking about this, generally speaking, and obviously uh, so many of you come to the podcast for a number of things, but frankly, schedule updates right now as we we work toward the season because this stuff is literally changing by the day. I wouldn't anticipate... Uh, a lot of these teams to release their... It's October 8th. I mean, two weeks is ambitious. I, 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 I think we're going to get to the end of the month and we're still not going to know with a lot of this stuff uh, where teams are going to wind up uh, having a fully-fledged schedule. You are right about the improvisation factor. I would like to see more coaches be willing to drift into like September in a normal year and make these decisions, but that comes down to, frankly... Um, uh, how much control the coach wants to be in insecurities about schedule stuff like that. Um, but if you can have guys wired like Mark Few and Scott Drew on this going forward, it would be it would be a wonderful thing. I just we'll see if this changes the paradigm. I suspect it won't. It is really good right now that a lot of coaches are willing to just do this and kind of swerve into certain matchups. I'd love it if we had more of this going forward, but I'm not convinced yet that's going to be the case. Moving on, so Kentucky coach John Calipari has responded to Louisville coach Chris Mack's video, kinda. We'll get into that next, but first, check this out. We all send messages nonstop connected to work. Text, emails, checking in on projects, brainstorming for ideas. No matter what kind of work you do, communication is key. And Grammarly, it can really help you. Because Grammarly, it's your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so that you can make a bigger impact at work. If you lack confidence in your writing... Grammarly can fix that, and it can also make you more efficient in your day-to-day. Did you realize that 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing? It's true. So it's time for you to make a bigger impact at work 
with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way at newbalance.com. So you might remember, we talked about it on a podcast last week, Chris Mack released a two-minute video detailing his frustration with John Calipari being unwilling to compromise on the Louisville-Kentucky rivalry in the 2020-21 season. We all were hoping John Calipari would respond, and he did with a tweet that was very brief last week. But then on, I guess it was Wednesday night, Cal did release his own video. Norlander, what did you make of Cal's response? Well, I'm uh, first of all, we're going to shout to Kyle Boone here. Because first of all... I. I, I was fine with it. I'm going to play the audio for anyone that hasn't heard it yet. Shouts to Kyle Boone because he did what I have to assume Kentucky and Calipari thought was going to happen. They put out this video. Cal speaks. It's a bit cheeky. He fast forwards to the part where you imagine he's going off on Chris Mack, and then he ends up by saying, put on a mask if you want to see us play. Um, I initially thought that Cal was just going to be rambling nonsense, and they were just like kind of fast-forwarding through for comedic effect. That's actually not what happened. Uh, Kyle Boone took the audio and video. He slowed it down. This is 38 seconds long. It starts normal, and then uh, you can hear how Boone adjusted the video and audio so that you could hear what Cal was saying. Here it goes. I know you've been waiting for me to talk. Because there's all kind of important things to talk about. Let's start with this. How about these guys? How about this guy here in the finals? Are you... What? Yeah, it is crazy right now. Scheduling? The guy down west, he's nuts. He's out of his mind. Now, if you want to be heard, vote! And please put your mask on. All right, there we go with Cal um, going full chipmunk. Shouts to Kyle Boone, and you know what? What the hell? Shouts to Kyle Porter as well. Shouts uh, to Kyle Porter. The guy down west, he's out of his mind. I really need more than this, okay? I need more than this. This is not good enough. I need Cal to step up to the mic, step in front of a camera, and really up this. I guess it's not going to happen. Or at least either he or someone on his staff. Uh, can we can we get something you know leaked so we can get a little more juice to it? We did get a response. It's fine. I don't know if uh, this guy down west with the scheduling, he's nuts. He's out of his mind. That's if if Matt gave us a ten, Cal's given us a four at absolute best. Parish. I agree. It's uh, and it it's not only disappointing. It's dis- It's it's a page right out of the Trump. Playbook. Now, I'm not comparing John Kelly to Donald Trump, although, <laughs> oh, although, although I could if you asked me to. But what, what, what is like Chris Mack didn't just say John Calipari's a bad guy or John Calipari's crazy or John Calipari's nuts. Chris Mack gave you bullet point after bullet point after bullet point of what either John Calipari or the University of Kentucky had done 
leading up to this back and forth about where and how should Louisville, Kentucky in the year 2020 be played. He gave you real data. Like, hey, we were supposed to do this on December 12th. But Kentucky said, we're going to be in London. So we said, hey, we'll work with you. No big deal. So then the London trips gets canceled, but they scheduled somebody. Like, Chris gave you real information. And what you would hope is that John would respond with real information. Well, let me tell you what really happened. Boom, 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 boom. But instead, he did so often what the president of the United States does, which is he just dismissed it. Oh, it's, you know, the president's not fake news or crazy Nancy or sleepy Joe. It just sort of dismisses it. He doesn't argue against it. He just dismisses it. Like the New York Times says you paid $750 in taxes. Fake news. Like, they, like okay, well, then tell us the truth. Yeah, it's just fake news. John just, oh, he's, Chris Mack's crazy. Just tries to dismiss it rather than actually address what Chris Mack said. Hey, here's what Chris Mack said. Respond to what he said. Instead, he just called him nuts. The guy out west or, or west of us. The guy is down nuts. west. The guy down west, by the way. <laughs> the guy down, down uh, west. Yeah. That might um, be a Pittsburgh uh, colloquialism there. I've never used the phrase down west, but yes. You've got, you've got to respond to what Chris actually said. You can't just call him crazy or nuts. That's not good enough. I, if, if we're doing uh, a round by round, uh, this is a 10-8 round for Chris Mack. Uh, is 10-8 good? I'm, listen, you're the boxing guy. 10-8 to like, I figure like, wouldn't you want like a 10-2 if you knocked him out big time? Can well, you- you're never going to get a 10-2 round. Okay. Um, you're going to get a, it, boxing is usually going to be a 10-9 round. And then if you get a knockdown, it'll be maybe a 10-8 round. You're getting eight you're no matter get- what? You're getting eight no matter what you're telling me? I, I think you get eight no matter what. Uh, what's what's just, that about? I don't know. I didn't invent boxing scoring. You're getting, I, you're, getting, even- you're getting eight for just stepping into the ring. Yeah, well, like, if you survive the round, I, I think this is mostly true. If you survive the round and you don't lose points in the round for, like, uh, below the belt or anything like that, right, it, 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 the worst-case scenario for you is probably going to be a 10-8 round. I think this is a, in boxing terms, this is a 10-8 round for Chris Mack. He got a knockdown. John got up, but he's still a little wobbly. Yeah, how about that? I will say that, let me, I will credit Calipari on one thing. He did this knowing there was two fan bases waiting for him to respond on publicly on social media and video form. And he he did it to amplify that everyone needs to go out and vote. So everyone that tuned into this, uh, even if, you know, 90% of the people that were tuning into it were voting no matter what, uh, that's a positive message to send. So uh, a nice a nice little duping, if you will, um, and putting people And Listen, he's advocating for mask wearing. Obviously, that's, that's a great thing there. But you could have given us a little bit more there, Cal. You let, you let us down. We got plenty of time. October 8th, this thing is, what, geez, nine weeks away? How far? I mean, we're 10 weeks away. We got plenty of time before we get there. And um, I don't think we've heard the last of this. I will add, I didn't listen to the whole podcast, um, but Goodman on his little deal there, he had Mac on. and uh, His little deal. His little deal. He's got his little deal there. That's right. Um, yeah, like if you, if you scroll – through the basketball podcast like way way down way down way down you'll eventually find it is that what you were trying to say Uh, all i'm saying is he's he's got i don't know if he's got they rank rank the basketball podcast by listeners i think on apple podcast and so i just don't think like listen just for as an example so, so we're right there near the top number one college basketball but if you scroll you you'll eventually hit the other college basketball podcast you just got to keep going He's got to yeah. keep going. You got to keep scrolling until you get there. But if you get there, it's there. It's somewhere. Listen, like 
I was checking earlier, you know, we have uh, tracking with our podcast and, you know, we've, we've got downloads this month in Brazil, in Chile. We got, we got two downloads in Chile. Whoever is downloading this podcast in Chile, please leave a podcast review on Apple Podcasts. I want to know who you are. We got a solid 38 in South Africa. We got 900 plus in Australia. We love you, Australians. We love you. It's just Sam Bassini downloading it over and over again. This this is technically, well, I mean, it's going to, listen, it's it's clearly going to jump significantly here, but I have been having fun. Listen, there are are a couple spots where we we haven't penetrated the market yet. Uh, We're there in Russia. Um, We got got zero in Bosnia and Herzegovina. We got got zero in Greenland. We got a breakthrough Iceland right now. We got three downloads this month in Iceland. So again, I hope that's a human being. I hope this isn't like some sort of automated system. I want to believe that there's one person in Iceland listening to the Ion College Basketball Podcast. That's what I want, okay? If you're out there, please come find us. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, Calipari. Oh, yeah, Mac talked on Goodman's little deal there, and he basically said, um, <laughs> but seriously, if you're in Iceland listening to this, please find us. I want to hear from you. Um, and he said, you know, Cal and I are fine. Like, it's not this huge animosity, but, like, I don't know him that well, and we're not buddies. I think the phrase he used was, like, he's not coming over to my house to watch, like, Netflix. And I'm like, all right, good deal. Um, so he was not willing. What if John Calipari did go to Chris Mack's house to watch Netflix? I, well, they, were, they were just like, hey, did you see uh, uh, American Murderer just came out on Netflix? Maybe we should get together and watch that. That'd be, well, that would be emergency podcast material. There's no doubt about it. But. As it is, that's not the case. And so here we are with all of it, December 26th, and the game is, is going to go off, and that's, that's great news. The point you do make is, is worth repeating, that John did use this pseudo-controversy to make a video that did encourage people to vote and wear masks. And if there's any two things um, Americans should be preparing to do over the next month. It is wear a mask and vote. So him using the opportunity to hammer home to, in all seriousness, very important things. Um, tip of the hat to John Calipari. Even if I thought you got to come with more than dismissing Chris Mack as nuts when he gave you bullet point after bullet point about his frustration with the Louisville Kentucky series. Before we get out of here, um, somewhat interesting recruiting development earlier today. Bryce McGowan's, who is a Five-star prospect in the class of 2021, decommitted from Florida State. And yet, this is pretty remarkable. When I went and looked at the updated rankings, guess who still has the number one recruiting class in America? Uh, Leonard Hamilton. You already know it. Leonard Hamilton, the GOAT, still has the number one recruiting class in America, even if he just lost a five-star recruit in the class of 2021. And listen, I, I I, I don't have much more to say about this, but I do wonder if we will see more of this because typically, uh, Bryce McGowan's committed to Florida State in February. So that's pre-pandemic. Yep. And under normal circumstances, what would have happened next is, He'd have played grassroots um, in in the spring, grassroots in the summer. He would have probably already been to Florida State for a football game. And because of the pandemic, there is no in-person communication between Leonard, his staff, and any of these prospects. And I just wonder if the pandemic isn't going to lead to more of this because you are disconnected from your prospects in ways that have never been the case. I think there is some potential for this. Um, it is an interesting note, just the fact that, because, and also that's, 
that usually isn't what happens uh, with Leonard Hamilton and his players. There aren't retention problems with recruits there at FSU. And I'd say the next, to me, like the next two months will probably unlock the key on that. Because what's also going to happen here is uh, we had a, a... a good good run of commitments here uh, in the class of 21 and even some in 2022 over this summer and into the fall. Uh, now as, you know, coaching staffs are obviously still diligently recruiting, but there's a lot more efforts going to a lot of other things. Practices are about to start officially next week on Wednesday, October uh, 14th. And so because of that, might we see that happening a little bit? You know, these these players... They have more idle time as well. You know, they are like you and I for the most part. I mean, they're going to get their runs in if they can locally in whatever ways they can, but they might be doing hybrid models with school. They might just be working, uh, doing all remote learning. And so just their everyday life, they might just, uh, you know, they might just have a mind that starts to reel and uh, and wander. And if that's, ca- if that's the case, maybe it adds up to a couple more that wind up, uh, that wind up defecting. So maybe it's a one and done kind of thing, just an isolated incident. Uh, maybe not. I will say... Um, that Leonard Hamilton's Twitter game is really it's it's up there, like it, it it's it's borderline elite. It's not quite on Bob Huggins level. Which, by the way, did you see what Hugs? I mean, I retweeted. Did you see what? I mean, did you see what happened today? I saw a picture. Somebody was in a Zoom call with Hugs, and he was flexing a little bit with that deck in the backyard and beautiful West Virginia, nice grill set up. He's He's got a nice little setup. And then, of course, the goatee, the long hair, final four pullover. Hugs looking we got perfect. You got to get out of here soon because my bears are starting. But I'm going to listen. I retweeted it. But I'm just I mean, he's got just cords of wood behind. Looks like a huge deck situation. Not quite on the parish level, but it's getting there. And a big time like chimney grill situation. We got at least I mean, Paris, we're looking at. Cooler after cooler after refrigerator. Amazing masonry. Meanwhile, Huggins looks like he's ready to go hunt some fowl. Just uh, <laughs> sunglasses straight out of 1997 with uh, what kind of hat we got on there. That that looks like uh, some sort of uh, some sort of cartoon. Char- I guess that's the I guess I, I can't tell if that's the state of West Virginia or cartoon character on this camo hat. Plus with the facial hair, Final Four jacket, it's just amazing. It's just inc- it was just incredible. Hamilton's not quite on that level, but he knows how to work the social media game. So shouts to you as well, Leonard Hamilton and Huggins. Just weekly leaning into it, stunting on folks. I love it. The, if I could have four wishes between now and the start of college basketball season. One would be for a vaccine, obviously, but I would spend one of the other three on Bob Huggins not cutting his hair before the season opener. He better not. I want Bob. I want Bob Huggins to bring his pandemic hair to the sideline for the 2020-21 college basketball season. We deserve that. We do. By the way, 150 downloads in Japan. We're at uh, man, big in Japan. No, you know what though? Haven't broken through in Cambodia. Zero. Zero this month. We got to break through that market there. So I'm, give me a country right now before we get out of here. Give me a country, any country. Uh, Iraq. <laughs> do we have any? Do we have? Do we have? A, do we have an Iraqi Iraqi audience? <laughs> I, I just don't, I didn't think you were throwing a rock on me here. Um, I got first of all I'm, I got to zoom in here because this year they're just they're all close together. Uh, we got zero in the Ukraine and then. Uh, hold on, hold on. Let's see if we got, we got one in Kazakhstan. Good. And how about that Kazakhstan coming through big time? I got, 
No, none. What? Zero in Iraq. Two in Armenia. What? I'm just telling you, we got none. There's what do I have to do to break through in Iraq? Uh, we got six in Iran. We got zero okay. in Iraq. We have six in Iran. How about that? How what? about Egypt? A- Three downloads this month. Come on. In Egypt? Three in Egypt. In how about Egypt? my? How about uh, how about uh, how about Sweden? How are we doing in Sweden? All right, one thirty-eight in Sweden. If you live in Sweden and you download and listen to this podcast, please Apple Podcasts leave a review. I'll read it on the podcast. We're probably going to lose some in Sweden. They're trying that herd immunity thing. You. <laughs> so, so it, it's like you might get there, but like you're going to lose oh a lot of people gosh. along Gallo's the way. From Parish, yeah. I hope I hope we don't I hope we don't lose any of our eye on college basketball. Listeners in Sweden, although we live in the United States of America, who are we to talk about how people handle a pandemic? You are you are correct about that. Hey, GP, why don't you shout them out? Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle. Legend. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you for listening once again to the Ion College Basketball Podcast in the middle of a pandemic. If you enjoyed it, please tell one person about it. Preferably one person. Cambodia. In Iraq. Or in Iraq, Cambodia. Cambodia. Shouts to Chile. Two downloads. If you, seriously, if you know somebody in Cambodia, please tell them about it. Like, when I say this, yeah. usually when I say this stuff, I don't really care. Like, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you enjoy the podcast, tell I don't really care who you tell. I mean, I, it doesn't. It, like, I, I don't know that it has that big of an impact, but I do mean this sincerely. If you know somebody in Cambodia... <laughs> Tell them. We got to get our Cambodia numbers up. Big time. Our Cambodia number. We got to get our Cambodia numbers up. So if you know somebody in Cambodia, please tell them to subscribe anywhere they subscribe to podcasts, <laughs> including Apple Podcasts. <laughs> we'll talk to you again real soon. Till then, take, take care. care. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.